are back again this week, Ken Root and Bob Urban. Bob is the owner of Murray Outdoors under the big walleye on the south end of Guttenberg. And also, it is very well decorated, beautiful flowers all over the place. Bob, how are you today? Good. How are you, Ken? Well, I'm enjoying pretty darn good weather, a little windy. I've been looking out across the state at fishing reports. It looks like some of it's dropped off a little bit. But your area is the Mississippi River, and everybody who left our part of the world and moved west pretty much did well on their fishing. But I think a lot of them would like to come back to the river. The question is, when can they do so? You know, Ken, we're actually seeing boats in for the first time in a while. The uh, last couple of days, guys have been coming in. We're sitting at 13, right around 13 foot today, um, which is going to be manageable for for folks to get out and do some type of fishing. Uh, we can talk about what they're going after. A lot of guys are doing this and that. They're definitely getting out. It's It's exciting to see boats. <laughs> boats in our parking lot again well the first thing is opening up these public ramps so that people can get in uh you have been out looking at the ramps today above and below uh lock and dam number 10 what are you seeing yeah correct ken i was just uh just out there uh friday morning here about nine o'clock look like the south marina area they're going to be doing some work on that it is open it's just mud covered they still have it closed off to the public. There's some work that the city has to do to get that up and running. Um, docks and everything look good there. There's some brush. We're hoping for this weekend. Obviously, they're going to probably have it ready for the following weekend with Memorial Day weekend. The one that people were wanting to get into, maybe for pan fishing and anything else, was Bussy Lake on the north side. That is open. They've got all that uh, cleaned up, reseeded. You can look for pictures here shortly. I'm going to be posting them on Facebook Friday, May uh, 19th and then the dnr ramp area and that's where people have been fishing now um you can access it from shore but they do have it still roped off a few things they got to move out of there some logs uh not a ton of mud uh the one that folks are using is a private l- ramp and we've always talked to jamie at landing 615 you pay a five dollar fee you launch he's always got it cleaned up and it does have that nice incline some folks don't understand that when you go on high water here those ramps don't have an incline. You might have to back into where your door is almost underwater. Do you know what I mean, Ken, as far as, as the, far the pitch of the ramp? And then you're going to have to wade mud as well uh, yeah. in those cases. So that's good to have a fairly sharp incline on there as long as it's not uh, moss covered. I'm going to talk with Joshua Bauer from Fish and Wildlife Service, who has our area of the river. And he's talking about uh, safety of boaters coming in and the interaction that uh, boaters and wildlife have. Flooding is a normal part of the upper Mississippi River. Unfortunately, it affects humans more often than not nowadays. So I think um, it does have impacts on wildlife, obviously. It can displace wildlife and definitely has impacts on the fisheries. But I think the way it's looking right now, uh, the river will be going back down swiftly fishermen will be able to get back out on the river and those folks that want to get out and recreate will be able to do that as well. The big thing that we're concerned with is when the river comes up to these high levels and we're really concerned about how long it stays at those levels. So um, it's not so bad if the river peaks really high as long as it goes down quickly um, because it's the inundation period that really has an adverse effect on our island habitats. 
what we hope for when it comes to management of wildlife species and, and what the Corps of Engineers can do um, as far as manipulation of the river levels are are sometimes two different things. And the Corps of Engineers, you know, obviously they can only do so much as well when we have a tremendous amount of water coming down the river. So it is a concerted effort by all agencies to include the state agencies um, to manage the, the river as best as possible for wildlife, but also for its intended use, uh, which is commercial traffic as well. How do you see your role with Fish and Wildlife Service to uh, interact with the public and to um, advise them on what your boundaries are and what you expect them to do? My role with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is two-pronged. We're Federal wildlife officers are kind of charged with two main missions. First is protection of people. So protection of the people when they're out on the refuge, protection of people in the community. Oftentimes, even though we're federal wildlife officers, we help assist with uh, state agencies, our city agencies, and emergencies and such. So the number one priority for me is is the safety of the public. Number two is the conservation or, or conserving wildlife. And so that comes into the point you made about educating people. And we we spend a lot of time educating people when we're out uh, on the river or out on the refuge, um, trying to let people know what the rules are. We do our best to post um, as much information as possible out on the landscape, but we are in an environment that changes frequently. And it's sometimes it's hard to maintain signage on the river because of that. As the river came up, we had a tendency for people to move into the backwaters um, along the Mississippi, and that gets into some areas, I believe, that are federal wildlife areas. Is that trespassing? In most cases, no, but in some cases it could be. So, we, you know, the backwaters are unique on the Mississippi River, and some pools have a lot more backwaters than others. But the best thing I can say is to consult our maps that are available online and make sure you know where you're going. You know, as sportsmen and women, it's our responsibility to know the rules just like it is when we drive a vehicle. So it's always good just to check and make sure. But, yeah, some of these areas become more accessible when we have high water. And so it would it would not be impossible to get into areas that typically wouldn't normally be able to boat into, and those areas could be close. But if you look at our, our pool maps that are available on our website, all those maps show uh, those areas that are closed or have some kind of special restrictions. You know, just being sure that we're good stewards of, of the wildlife and that we're following the the bag limits that are set forth and the rules that are set forth by the state and federal agencies. Those are set for management purposes. And so we've done enough research. Um, specifically, we'll talk about the walleye and the slot limits that we have on the river. That has been fairly new um, upriver. We've had slot limits on walleyes uh, for quite a while uh, down further on the river. And it's really shown to um, increase the um, success rate of not only reproduction, but also having quality fish for folks to come out and catch on the river. So those limits are in place and regulations are in place for a reason. We have to trust that our professionals are are doing the best job that they can do to manage that resource for future generations. And our part of that is following the rules. I think the big thing to think about now is everybody, you know, the river's starting to come down. Um, we're coming up on some holidays. The weather's getting nice. Folks are thinking about getting out and recreating on the river. I would say take the time now while the river's high. Go through your vessel. Make sure your safety equipment is correct. Make sure you have the proper life jackets. Make sure your fire extinguisher is not expired. Go through those safety checks. Ensure that you have all that stuff. 
And secondly, if you're going out on the river, have a plan. Things happen. Boats break down. You have accidents. Have a plan. Notify somebody of your plan. And lastly, if you're going to go out on the river, have a designated driver. It's okay if you want to go out and have a few beverages uh, on a holiday weekend or whatnot. But just ensure that you have a designated driver. We have so many accidents that happen on the river that result in drownings or otherwise that alcohol was related in. So um, just be sure you have a designated driver. Be safe and enjoy this wonderful resource that we have in our backyards. Joshua, thank you very much for talking with us today. And uh, we appreciate the work you and your department do. And good luck to you in the season ahead. Thank you. Uh, He's uh, similar to DNR. In fact, he says they work uh, hand-in-hand in in being able to protect the public and the wildlife. Uh, The general public sometimes doesn't distinguish that, but uh, it's nice to talk to to the federal fish and wildlife guy. Um, I'm glad you got in touch with him. How about what you think the fishing is going to be here as the river goes down and as people can get in gracefully ahead of Memorial Day there's a lot of people that have some pent-up demand right now. They'd sure like to fish. I agree. They're coming in. They're they're getting geared up on the tackle side. They're getting some bait ready. Ken, there are some guys out. Uh, just had a report today. Uh, the smallmouth are, are biting like crazy out there um, near the dam area. What everybody's wanting to go after, and Ken, this is this is something we talk about. It's kind of a seasonal thing. It's really fun. You can go after those river monsters or those trophy flathead catfish. Uh, I always say from Mother's Day to Father's Day, uh, you can actually jig them like you're walleye fishing. Um, You're just using heavier apparel, heavier tackle, heavier bait, heavier jigs, uh, bigger everything because you're going after bigger fish. We have seen the local guys coming in, trying that out. They are getting a few. It's not hot and heavy yet. The current is still ripping. Uh, you do need two to, to five ounce tackle uh, to get down there, and then they'll tip them with like a green, a greenie, we call them a green sunfish or uh, goldfish or, or whatever you want to use live bait. You can use big plastics as well. Um, but if you want to get geared up, you can use some circle hooks, you can use J hooks. Uh, we can get you hooked up in here if you want to talk about flathead catfish, and we have all the all the stuff for it. If you're getting into the 50, 60 pounders, which is everybody's dream fish, they're really fun to catch. You want to be geared up for it. Your your Zebco 202 or your your big cat Zebco, uh, those fish will spool that that reel, and it'll they'll actually have that reel in pieces and and the rod broke. If you if you're not geared up for those, you need to get into the I would say almost like the shark or the saltwater stuff. You know, the good part, though, of the fish tearing up your reel, breaking your rod, and you never see it, is a great story. I mean, you can pass that on for generations, but if you get that fish out and it weighed 25 pounds, it's good, but it's not as good as a story to be if you lost it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's just, so they those flatheads have that huge head, and all they have to do is just tuck that chin in that current and and that 50 pound fish might feel like a hundred pound pound fish and it is a great story we've all had that story when i was a kid you you lose something or you lose one and you're like geez you just never know unless you see it what that could have been um a lot of times it's a big sturgeon a big in this case in this season uh 
odds are it's probably a big flathead if you're if you're missing them they just come up to spawn to the dam and they're feeding they're feeding really heavy right now we are we're at 62 degree water temp and you're paying fish if you can find them and if the as the water recedes it looks like it's coming down to 12 next week if you can get in and find them that's going to be the hardest part because they can be about anywhere uh the flathead catfish uh your bass uh your panfish they're all going to start pre-spawn feeding um on bait fish and and whatever else they can find. One more interview today, and that is with a guy you recommended, Jamie Melcher. He runs a company called uh, J-Man, which basically fixes uh, Minn Kota trolling motors and also will in- do a lot of installing of the more sophisticated level. You can't believe how sophisticated some of this technology is. In this interview, Jamie's work ethic overshadows everything else. So, Bob, you got to hear this. He is a true pull-yourself-up-by-your-own-bootstraps kind of guy. Jamie, first of all, welcome to our program. Uh, tell me about you and how when you got started and where your shop is. Well, I grew up around Harper's Ferry, got started in this business oh, about five years ago. I came in to have my own work done and the original J-Man was busy and ornery and so I said you need help and he said yeah go put that trolling motor on that boat in the back and so I did and I kept coming back and he kept paying me so we did that a couple of years and he uh, convinced me to start my own business and subcontract because I was working another full-time job besides this and Got some good business experience that way and was able to stick some money away for a couple of years and he talked me into buying them out and honestly the best decision I've ever made for me or my family. Isn't that a great story of one generation basically passing it on to the next generation once they find somebody that will do the work and I'm sure you had times with him that it was probably not comfortable either the work or the relationship. Anybody that knows them and there's there's a lot of people in the area that do. He's a great guy. He uh very polarizing figure, I guess would be a good way to put it. But he always means well, and he, he just loves messing with guys and trying to get in their heads. So he's done more for me and my family than probably anybody ever has. Well, tell me about what you do for other people. Do you work strictly on these Minn Kotas, or do you work on a range of different type of uh, motors? Uh, Minn Kota is definitely the biggest. I, I'm also a service center for Lowrance, um, specifically the Ghost trolling motor and PowerPole products. Um, Minn Kota has such a large part of the market share that hands down what 99% of my business is. The repair side of it is kind of how this business started. Rigging side of it, you know, the electronic installation, a lot of wiring, that he he started that and it kind of took off on him which is where i came in that part of the business has really blown up um honestly it's it's this business has grown exponentially it's it's unreal how how fast it's growing and year after year just never seems to quit what's the top level of sophistication just to give people an idea of what your hookup to your trolling motor can do if it's integrated with what your boat can do well the probably the they call it the one boat network what that involves is through ethernet 
in Bluetooth. Your trolling motor can hook up to your fish finders. You can go to waypoints. You can follow contours on the river. Um, you can circle waypoints. Just there's so many, so many things you can do with having everything networked together. You know, a lot of guys have a hard time seeing in their head how they'll use it, but when they do use it, they'll say, you know, I, I caught fish I never have before or never would have before with that boat control. So other than baiting your hook and cleaning them when you get home, it'll do about everything, huh? Pretty much. Um, a couple of years ago, Minkota ran a commercial where the with the auto-deploy trolling motor, the Altera, guys would back their boat in, tell the trolling motor to deploy, and then run the, from the dock, run the boat back to the dock to pick them up. A lot of guys ask me if they can do that, and I said, well... The motor's capable, but I'm not going to tell you you can, because if you do that and you forget to turn that trolling motor on, you're going to call me and say, I need a ride to my boat because it's going downriver. <laughs> that's the technology that's out there. But let's back up to the other end of this. People who have an older trolling motor that's um, broken or that's intermittent, do you fix those as well? Yeah, I do. I do a lot of that. Just like anything, there is several motors that are, it might be too old to fix or can't get parts, but there is also a lot of ways you can upgrade those with parts that are now newer, maybe compatible with more stuff. It, not very often one of these motors is completely junk. There's You can almost always do something, and it's usually pretty cost-effective, too. Not many repairs are that expensive to do. Jamie, what goes first? Do you have more problems with wiring or do you have more problems with mechanical aspects of that Minkota trolling motor? It honestly depends on model to model and how it's used. I'd say probably one of the biggest things I see is water intrusion on the motors. I, I get asked all the time, why, why does it happen? Why does it leak? Well, anything you stick in the water is going to leak at some point much less, you know, especially if you're running into stumps and rocks and them seals, that motor's got to be dry to operate. You, you break those seals, the water leaks. But wiring is in the boats, I, I don't see that go bad very often. Maybe connections loosen up and stuff. Um, what I have to do more with the wiring is upsize because a lot of boats come with undersized wire to begin with from the factory. You know, sometimes I have to upsize new wire, sometimes an older boat, that came out when there wasn't a 36-volt trolling motor. You have to upsize to accommodate that motor. Tell me where your shop is and what kind of hours you keep if people want to get in touch with you. Uh, I'm in Harpers Ferry, Iowa, um, just north of Prairie du Chien on the Iowa side. My hours, I, online it says 8 to 5. It's more like 7 to 6. Weekends I work Saturdays 8 to noon. I, I grew up in a farming household, so... Long days, I'm pretty used to. A lot of things I tell guys is J-Man, the original J-Man, built this business by taking care of tournament guys. Taking care of everybody, but tournament guys, if they're pre-fishing on a Saturday and their tournament Sunday and they break down, he was here even if it was late Saturday night to get them going. And that's one thing I just want guys to know that I, I plan to continue doing. Because back when I used to get to fish, that's I've been in those situations and you know, a lot of times you got money invested before tournament day, so you want to be out there fishing. Well, that sounds like the kind of business we're looking for. And you're in Harper's Ferry, J-Man's Minn Kota Repair. 
Do you have an online presence? Do you have a place people can go to find you, or you want to give them a phone number? No, there is. I got a website. Um, I'm not super technically inclined. I don't do much for social media. Um, there is a Facebook page as well. I kind of have my a wife, my wife and a friend run it for me. Call and text is the best way to get a hold of me, especially text. It's just me here, so my hands are full all day long. And if you call, I gotta stop what I'm doing. I'm not saying I don't want you to call, but if you want to text me, that's that's the best way. Do you want me to give out your cell number here? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, what's your cell it's number? 563-794-1395. 563-794-1395. Jamie Melcher, great to talk yep. to you. Have a good weekend. You too, thank you. Yeah, and, I, and Ken, I don't personally know him. Um, I just send everybody to him, uh, which is weird. Ever since I took over the store here, I've heard nothing but good things, so... And personally, if I had all that stuff in my boat and hooking it up and doing this, you, you have to take it to somebody uh, anymore. You're paying, you're paying a significant amount of money for that stuff, and unless you're savvy and 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 good with it, it's just, it, it's just easier. It's less headache. It's ready to roll. A professional does it. I think Jamie is one of those guys, just from the feedback that I get, and we send a lot of folks his way for Minkota um, hummingbird stuff. So. Tell me one last thing. You have had this flood, but you have had a flood of people coming in to the floral end of your business. And you seem to be like you read the entire book of uh, Floriculture for Dummies in one week, and you're not dumb on it anymore. You're pretty darn smart. How'd it go? <laughs> how, do you, how do you spell flock? How do, how do you spell flocks, Ken? F-L-O. Nope, 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 nope. P-H. Oh, P-H-L-O-X. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I learned that uh, this week. And they're kind of nice little flowers. I have learned a ton. My uh, Larry, Dan, the guys on the bait and tackle side of stuff, we just giggle about it. Uh, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of folks coming, and uh, they're just laughing at us because we didn't know. We don't know flowers. I mean, we admitted that when we took it over. But Kara and the girls have helped us a great deal. The customers have helped us a great deal. And it is probably one of the most relaxing days I can have is in the morning, just watering stuff and just listening to the birds and doing that. So I am I'm a believer. Until you personally experience something, I always tell people, you know, you just don't understand it. So the flower thing, the gardening thing. Well, I have enjoyed watching you and your crew because everybody digs in there. This is a great little store, folks. If you haven't been to Murray's Outdoors, you need to go walk under the sacred walleye and into the store and just observe the people that are there to help you. And I really think that's the key, Bob, not just you, but your whole bunch. If you walk in, it's like going into an old-time hardware store. What do you need? And I know how you can use it. And then you come out with what you want and with a smile. Yeah, Ken, I have to give a shout out to our crew, um, our actual staff. And then on top of that crew, Ken, and you've seen them in here, the just the guys that kind of hang, and for, I would call them personal friends of mine now, that help us out, that are willing to help us out and go the extra mile to unload trucks. There is so much to this business that you don't see the behind the scenes side of it. And and those guys get just as much credit as we do. Um Without them and some of those uh, tent sales and stuff that we do at the store, some of the events we host, without those uh, volunteers, those crew and 
and, and some of the fishermen that help us out. It's, it's not able to happen. I can tell you that I'd run out of juice. Well, I'm amazed how much juice you have in you, and I hope you can continue it and perhaps recharge with your floral sector whenever you're out watering. Bob, great to talk to you today. Take care. Have a great week. Be safe. Yeah, thanks, Ken.